Welcome to Farm Chica's next podcast focusing on cherries, harvesting those awesome berries off your tree and what to do with them, both sour, tart, and sweet. I'll give you some ideas on great culinary concoctions as well as some easy preservation methods. Welcome to Farm Chica, the podcast dedicated to providing a holistic model for promoting sustainable lifestyles and ways to engage in traditional methods of homesteading. Join me, Rene Delgado Riley, a native-born New Mexican, as I share how I respect Mother Nature through easy-to-apply tips that anyone can do. Through this podcast, I hope to inspire you to tap into your ancestral roots and live a more traditional simple life that focuses on sustainability and respect to the earth. So join me as I share 20 to 30 minute tips that anyone can do. Did you know that the history of celebrating the blossoms on cherry trees is a tradition from Japan and the planting of cherry trees in Washington, D.C., our capital in America, originated in 1912 when the people of Japan gifted the United States many cherry trees. The beauty of the cherry blossom is a symbol with rich meaning in Japanese culture. Anytime you see a cherry blossom, spring has arrived. Cherry blossoms are symbolic flowers of spring, which is a time of renewal and the fleeting nature of life. Their beauty peaks around two weeks And in the customs in Japan, people like to have cherry blossom parties with colleagues, friends, families to really celebrate that new start. So there's lots of memories and the beauty involved of cherry blossoms in the Japanese culture. And with the annual Hanami, which translates in Japanese to cherry blossom viewing, the explosion of these pink pale petals is very euphoric and brings happiness. Cherry blossoms, also known as sakura in Japan, are the small, delicate pink flowers produced by the cherry blossom trees. So again, spring is beautiful. It's great to see those lovely cherry blossoms and smell them. These beautiful trees are native to Asia, but they can be found in China, South Korea, India, and all over the world today, including the United States and D.C., and possibly in your backyard, farm, or homestead. So besides planting those cherry trees for pies, preservation, recipes, they're really tied to the Buddhist themes of mortality, mindfulness, and living in the present. So in addition to enjoying the fruit from these awesome trees, I encourage you also to think about cherry trees in a different way. So blooming season is powerful, glorious, and intoxicating. Short-lived, however... What remains are those beautiful cherries that you could then take to the next step. So cherries have pleased the palates of food lovers for centuries. Their ruby red color and tangy taste won many cherries a place on the table of Roman conquerors, Greek citizens, and Chinese noblemen. Cherries were also brought to America by ship from the early colonial settlers, as well as some of the conquistadores through Mexico into New Mexico. And later on, French colonists from Normandy actually brought pits of cherries that they planted along the St. Lawrence River and on down into the Great Lakes area. Cherry trees were part of the gardens of many French settlers as they established such cities as Detroit and other Midwestern settlements. 
Modern-day production of cherries in the United States began in the mid-1880s. A Presbyterian missionary in northern Michigan began planting cherries and much the surprise of other farmers and natives in the area. His cherry trees flourished and soon other residents jumped on the bandwagon and started planting the same trees in the area. So these trees actually fared really well in Michigan due to growing cherries is ideal in Arctic winds in the winter and the cools the orchards in the summer. And so that really helps keep them at the perfect stable temperature for producing those delicious cherries. So commercial tart cherry orchards began popping up around the same area. And by the early 1900s, the tart cherry industry was firmly established in the state. Traverse City Canning Company was actually the first cherry processing facility and was just built south of Traverse City, and the ruby red fruit was soon shipped to Chicago, Detroit, and Milwaukee. So one of the oldest species of tart cherry and one of the most primary varietals for tart cherries and sour cherries is the Montmorency. This was actually planted in the early orchards and still available today. This fruit is excellent for pies, preserves, and juice. Also in the northwestern part of the United States, cherry orchards began flourishing, and actually in Western Oregon, using nursery stocks um, from the Henderson Lewin, uh, early colonial settler in that area, actually transported that nursery stock by oxen cart all the way from Iowa. And they actually became known for their sweet cherries, which can literally be picked off the tree and consumed instantly without that tart taste. And I'd be remiss to say that the most famous sweet cherry varietal is the Bing cherry. This cherry got its name from one of the Lewin's Chinese workmen. Another sweet variety is the Lambert, which also got its start in Western Oregon. And the famous Rainier cherry, it's a light sweet variety, originated from the crossbreeding of the Bean and Van varieties by Dr. Harold Fogel at Washington State University. The Bing, Lambert, and Rainier varieties together account for more than 95% of the Northwest sweet cherry production. Today, the U.S. cherry industry produces more than 650 million pounds of tart and sweet cherries each year. Much of the cherry production is concentrated in Michigan and the Northwest. So Michigan grows about 75% of the tart cherry crop and Oregon and Washington harvest about 60% of the sweet cherry crop. There are other states with commercial cherry crops such as Utah, Wisconsin, New York, Pennsylvania, and California. And something in during the research of this podcast, I found that there is the ultimate celebration of cherries hosted in Traverse City, Michigan, which is the National Cherry Festival This is held every year in July, and I know with COVID, everything has changed, but it'll be interesting to put this on your calendar. It's something that I want to add to my to-do list. So growing your own cherries, like most temperate latitude trees, cherries require a certain number of chilling hours each year when they break the dormancy to bloom and produce fruit. Because the required number of chilling hours depends on the variety, it's important to understand the type of cherry tree you're going to plant. Because of the cold weather requirement, really no cherries grow in tropical climates. So cherries have a short growing season and can grow in most temperate latitudes. So cherries usually blossom in the northern hemisphere anywhere from April and the peak season for the cherry harvest is usually in summer. 
Other parts of the Southern Hemisphere, cherries are usually at their peak in late December, often widely associated with Christmas. Genuinely, cherries are awesome, but they can be susceptible to many different pests. So for example, the black cherry aphid can cause the leaves at the tips of the branches to curl with the black fly colonies exuding a sticky secretion and really promoting fungal growth on those leaves and fruit. So that's a terrible thing to have. And also at the fruiting stage, the cherry fruit fly can lay its eggs in the immature fruit and the little larvae feed on the cherry flesh and exit through a small hole, typically what you'll see in a apple worm which in turn um, is a point of infection for fungal when there's any kind of hole in the fruit. And so it's definitely um, interesting um, to grow cherries and they can also be really great trees where they can grow to maturity and there's no issues, but definitely look into your area, um, horticultural um, techniques such as planting other things that are um, natural pest controls as well as looking at some organic pesticides may be your path forward to making sure that you don't have any black cherry aphids or cherry fruit flies that impact your crop. Cherry trees are not that expensive to buy, so why not just buy one, plant one, and see what happens? And also, cherries are actually fairly nutritious. So for example, raw sweet cherries are 82% water, 16% carbohydrates, 1% protein, and sour cherries are much healthier for you than those sweet cherries. So why not invest in a cherry tree? So now that you've planted and taken the plunge, So how do you know your fruit is ready? Well, if you gently tug on that cherry and it comes off the tree, then it's definitely ready to harvest. If you're tugging a little tight and you're bringing some leaves and branches with you, then that cherry tree definitely needs a little bit more time for that fruit to be more mature. So depending on the size of your cherry tree, you may need a orchard ladder or any kind of ladder, step stool, or Definitely, you're going to need some type of vessel, colander, or bucket to put those cherries in and start harvesting. If the bigger the tree you have, the longer it's going to take. I mean, I'm literally inside on top of the tree branches just picking every little cherry because I know it's important. So once you've picked those cherries, um, definitely depending on the type of cherry that you harvest, um, right now I'm going to talk about the sour tart pie cherries. So these are definitely uh, very tart to the mouth if you eat them fresh. They're definitely meant to be baked into things. They're meant to be processed and produced into something that you can enjoy months after harvest. These are some of the best for long-term preservation, although you can take a sweet cherry and make a jam or do something else with and definitely preserve it for longer-term storage. So cherries have something called a pit. So how do you pit them out? Well, you could sit there with a knife and probably half everyone and take your time, or you can invest in a cherry pitter. OXO has a great one on Amazon for pretty cheap. I think it's 12 to 14 bucks definitely worth the investment. I've also seen them where they have like six per cherry pitter, which I'm definitely looking into since I'll sit there and pit cherries forever because it is a pretty um, tedious task. So begin pitting. It definitely takes some time. Normally what I do is I gently rinse my cherries in a colander and I take one bowl and I start pitting into that bowl 
and I place the other cherries in another colander and I just keep pitting and then eventually I take the pitted cherries. Um, sometimes even though you're pitting them, there's a chance of a pit not coming all the way out. So I just make sure when I press really hard onto the cherry pitter, I just make sure that the little pit comes out because the last thing you want to do is bite into a piece of cherry pie and you have a pit. But again, it is homesteading. It is making your own food from tree to table. Definitely, um, you always take the chances of having something like that in your food, but just uh, try to do your best to pit those cherries. Again, I sincerely encourage you to buy a cherry pitter. I have done it in the past. Like I've heard you can take a paper clip. Um, I've also used a cake tip, like a metal cake tip where I've placed the cherry on top and it's popped the pit right out. It seems like the cherries don't keep their shape as much with that method. Um, the cherry pitter definitely keeps the cherry in its shape. So once you have all your cherries pitted and washed again, you have enough for your recipes. So I'm going to talk about a few recipes that are kind of my go-to when it comes to cherries is, well, the first one, jam. Jam is always the best thing to make with almost any fruit because you mush it down, you preserve it with pectin and sugar, and you make something that you could enjoy all the way years after that harvest. So my favorite combination for a cherry jam is a cherry vanilla jam. And so usually I take two and a half pounds of cherries um, I put them in a pot and I put, um, one packet of pectin. Um, again, you could use liquid or powder pectin. I prefer powder pectin. It's just a hundred percent accurate. Every time I make jam, I don't have to worry about my gelling. And I cook that down a little bit. Um, you can add a little bit of lemon juice. I just don't necessarily do it with the cherries. Um, sometimes I put in, um, a teaspoon to a tablespoon, just depending on what your flavor preference is. Um, but again, that's optional. You cook that down and my tip is before adding in the sugar, I add a half tablespoon of butter. The reason I do that, it helps with the foam. Cherries are very foamy fruit and you don't want foamy jam. I mean, you can eat it, it's consumable and it's delicious, but it just doesn't quite have the appearance of jam that I like. I am a kind of a perfectionist. And then I add in five and a half cups to six cups of sugar, depending on what type of cherries I'm using. If they're tart, sour cherries, I'm going to add in that six cups of sugar. If there's in the sweeter side, I could even go as low as four and a half cups for a low sugar recipe. And then you just mix that together, skim off the foam and let that jam up. What I do is I usually just take about a teaspoon of it and test it to see if it has the right consistency. So what are some other awesome cherry recipes that I recommend? Well, obviously a pie because pie is just fantastic. So prepare any crust that you have. I suggest um, partially butter, partially lard or Crisco. That combination is great on the flake of the crust. And then a little trick I have instead of ice water, I used iced vodka. The vodka inhibits gluten formation, which allows that flaky crust. So let me know if you have any questions about that, but that's my favorite crust. But for any pie with cherries, you're going to take about four and a half cups of cherries to two thirds cup sugar, and you're going to put that in a pot and you're going to cook it down a little bit because these tart cherries. Now, if you're using sweet cherries for pie, you don't need to do this. You can omit this step, but when you're using sour tart cherries, they're really tart. And so you definitely want to take some of that tartness out. And so I literally just put them in a pot and like let them cook down a bit um, with about two thirds cup sugar. And then I'll end up adding about a, a cup and a half to two cups of sugar. Yes, I know that's a lot, but trust me, tastes really good. 
take that off the stove, add a quarter teaspoon almond extract, teaspoon vanilla, pie spice, best pie spice ever. I get it from Penske's. Um, it's really delicious. If not, just use a little bit of cinnamon, not too much. You don't want to overpower the cherries. And then because it is cherry, um, you want it to be able to thicken up. Um, I also add just a little bit of lemon juice. I add either a quarter cup cornstarch or I do tapioca pie um, or just tapioca, um, instant tapioca because it allows it to gel up. You mix that up, you let it sit, you put that in your prepared crust. You can do, I often opt for a lattice crust because it's just really pretty and aesthetically nice. I take that, dot the top of the pie with butter, put the lattice crust on, and then I take one egg with a little bit of milk, make an egg wash, take a pastry brush, brush that crust and add some turbinata sugar on top. And I bake it for 20 minutes at 400 degrees. And then I lower that to 375 for 30 to 40 minutes until it is done. You can also go through the same process of preparing the cherries for pie filling. And I usually just take um, about three pounds of cherries and I boil that in some water, drain it out. And I add sugar, some lemon juice, a little bit of almond extract and vanilla. And then I just fill it up with the rest of the water. And then I can that. So you may want to just Google a recipe for your area. It's really easy to can pie filling. That way in the cold of winter or when you think about, you know, what you can make for a specific gathering of family or friends or if you need to go to a potluck, you can pull out your pie filling and make the crust and then you have a cherry pie. Really, really awesome. It's always a good conversation piece to let people know this came from your orchard or garden it just makes it, I think, so much more meaningful. I think homemade is always the best for that reason. Some other recipes that I love are some boozy bourbon soaked cherries. This is probably the easiest recipe you can make. You literally fill a quart or a pint jar with your pitted cherries and you fill it up with any one of your favorite bourbon recipes or um, anything that you have on stock. Just any old bourbon will do. Fill that, shake it up every couple of days, just shake it up so it evenly distributes. And after a couple of months, you got some great boozy cherry bourbon, which is really awesome. So you can take two ounces of that, add about an ounce and a half of vermouth, a quarter cup of lemon juice, mix that together in any kind of cocktail shaker and pour it over ice and you got a great cherry cocktail. Highly recommend this. And lastly, another great cherry recipe that I love is maraschino cherries. These are really, really delicious. You can actually use these to make a Shirley Temple cake, which is like a lemon cherry cake. Really delicious. You can make cherry cookie bars. You can add them to a cocktail. Again, that boozy bourbon cocktail. You can add some homemade maraschinos to that. So really you just take, um, make you, you make a simple syrup. So depending on how many, um, maraschino cherries you want to make, I suggest taking a pound of cherries, taking a half cup of water and a half cup of sugar, making a simple syrup over the stove in a pot, adding a cinnamon stick, nutmeg, pinch of salt, kind of let that cook down just to make that simple sugar, take it off the stove, add a cup of maraschino liqueur that you can find at any liquor store. Then you add in the cherries, 
put them in jars, and you can process those for 20 minutes in a water bath canner. And those are shelf stable, and those maraschino chino cherries will last for a very long time that you can use in any recipe, or you can just use in any cocktail. Well, thanks for listening to Farm Chica. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast focusing on cherries and what you can do with them. I look forward to sharing future content with you all. You all take care.